welcome y'all. That's right. This is a pregame engineer tugging air racing podcast episode number two hundred and eighty-seven. It's Tuesday, April twenty-seventh, twenty twenty-one. I'm tugging air Rusty Wallace in the PTM podcast studio in Atlanta, Georgia. This podcast is sponsored by you. That's right. You go to patreon.com forward slash PTM. Join the What's Drink Club for as little as one dollar a month. Get that free food. Get some stickers. Best part is every cent this year we're going to donate to sponsoring drivers once again. Join the PTM Posse today. Be a part of the sport you love. This week's show, as always, brought to you by our official sponsors at that $5 and up per month level. Here we go. Aaron Bearden, Robert Kevlinger, Coleman Clam, Eric Kepner, Ryan Kiefer, Patrick Theory, Jeff Brown, Brandon Crowd, Kelly McDonald, Brandon Carl, Rika Porter, Julie Bosley, Eddie Green, Third Young Motorsports, David Mullins, Patrick Johnson, Brett Morse, Crystal Smoke, Fred Rosado, Chad Nappett, Stacey Coleman, Lisa Chinana, Rick Houston, Sarah Enbari, Evan Roller, Matthew Bishop, Harry Bolzana, AJ Evangelista, Janet Scott, Les Miller, and Jumpy Bob. Yeah. All right. Got that one out? It was one time? Let's welcome on from the PTM North Carolina studio, pregame engineer Andrew Sherwin. What's up, dude? Oh, it's starting to warm up up here, man. Dude, I, just before the show, I was like, man, it's getting hot in here. I'm, I'm fixing to turn off. I'm going to take off all my clothes. No, it's uh, like I'm, I'm, uh, I need to turn the AC on. So, yeah, we had that little spat, I don't know, a week ago, whatever it was. Wife like turned the heater back on, and then the AC the next day, and then the heater again, and so yeah. Um, it's not weather; it's malaria. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and welcome our special guest tonight: multi-time PETM PhD, ARCA extraordinaire, and often kidnapped by drunk college kids. The Orange Cone. What's up, Cone? What's happening, boys? Don't ask me how I know about the uh, kidnapped by drunk college kids. <laughs> Might well, have been a- you know, I'm all for it. Cone or two in the old uh, Sherwin and Rusty loft at one point. <laughs> right, 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 oh, right. Goodness. I'm all for yeah. it. I'm all for it. As long as it's used for wholesome reasons. Ah, uh, well. <laughs> <laughs> Usually just to spook somebody climbing in their loft, but as a teenager, it might have got a little bit more reckless than that. And yeah, I don't yeah, mean. I can, uh, I can imagine. <laughs> you know, <laughs> some alcohol involved. Vehicles, vehicles, alcohol, you never know what's going to happen with a cone. Oh, man. Right. That's, that's, you know, but but everybody respects a cone. Yeah. You know, you put, you put one in the, in the middle of a sidewalk, people are going to walk around it. Well, that's no true. One, that's true. Walking's no a whole different story, too. You don't have any, like, 3,000-pound right. weaponry to do something with. The only, there's only one person who disrespects the cone, and that's she's upstairs. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I sure by now you've probably had nine hundred thousand people send you that picture of the grizzly bear walking down the road, oh, seeing right. the cone that's flipped over, and he reaches out and tilts it back up. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> that's respect. That is respect right there. It sure is. Cone, you know how we start to deal. What you drinking tonight? I'm drinking a uh, Fanta Zero Sugar. Dude, I think that's a couple times in a row with the Fanta. I'm digging it. <laughs> it's, like the, it's pretty, pretty hard it, hitting. Is it orange drink or grape drink? Orange drink. Orange drink. There you go. Orange they cone, got, orange I, drink. <laughs> I, I noticed that there's a new one that's like a lime and something. And I was like, I might have to try that one day. It was like at Arby's, I think. I'll take it. There you go. Have y'all, Have either one of y'all had Haritos or Haritos? It's a. Uh, it starts with a J, J A R R I T O S. It's becoming more popular here. I think it's uh, it's either from Mexico or surrounding area, and um, and like it's showing up at kind of like Hispanic shops, and then it showed up at the grocery store near me. Now it's like all over the place, and they've got one 
that is the grapefruit Sherwin, I might have you might have been over when I uh, at one point when I had some of that and I'm like, dude, you gotta mix this in whatever you want and it's gonna taste good. So I like grapefruit. So yeah. yeah I'm sure I, I thought I remembered that. I thought I remembered that. Yeah. Isn't the surrounding area of Mexico the United States? And Guatemala. <laughs> well yeah i mean kind of <laughs> yeah. well and i mean it, the, the hispanic population in the southeast is obviously quite quite high because of all the uh, it's the pretty pain, high right painting in the agriculture yep. oh man so jarritos is a brand of soft drink in mexico founded in 1950 by don francisco like come on <laughs> that's a name right there yeah it is I, I do that. He's like, carrying his like weight. Godfather. Yeah. Don yeah. Oh, man. Well, Cone, uh, let's see. Uh, I think uh, we, we've been kind of giving the countdown on the PTM podcast of vaccine-related stuff, and I am fully charged. Like, the, the nice. 5G is strong. Uh, strong. Bill dude. Gates is talking to me, and he says, Rusty, go to the racetrack. So I'm ready to go. I didn't even have to uh, use my phone to connect with you. I'm, I'm <laughs> vaccinated. You guys are vaccinated. We we're just talking. That's right. It's, uh, <laughs> why do we even open our mouths? I don't. I don't really right. need to. <laughs> just right. telepathically. Right. Right. This and, is just for the sake of recording. Gates is involved. Right. E.T. E home phone. <laughs> so yeah, Sherwin, you're uh, you're about done too, right? Yeah, got my. Uh... My second one uh, last Tuesday, so I'm like, I'm on downhill towards <laughs> yeah. heading to the racetrack, I'm, baby. I'm live on the air, honey. Oh. <laughs> uh, tell her the that was quick. Podcast said, "Hey." <laughs> I just heard your voice at like from a room away, and I'm like, "Oh, it's Sherwin." <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> well, don't diss Rusty like that. He's doing most of the talking. Well, no, he's doing all of the talking. It's Rusty. Cool. Rusty won the Utah standoff. So he's oh, talking. look out! <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Cohen, where are you at? Uh, you you uh, got your second dose, first dose yet? So I uh, so I got my second dose Saturday morning at six o'clock. Okay. And I tell you what, I ran wide open all Saturday till about seven p.m. and then I felt like I got backed over by a dump truck <laughs> oh, and man. then thrown in front of a bus and then run over by a semi. <laughs> <laughs> I I laid in bed uh, and I don't remember much of this, but I laid in bed and and my my beautiful roommate here looked, <laughs> looked at me in the morning and she said, "You poor thing, you moaned for like the last eight hours. <laughs> you just laid in laid in bed and moaned." Uh, uh, I spent a good sixteen hours of Saturday. <laughs> mostly asleep yeah. and i was awake enough to watch the ufc fights which was fun there you yeah go. i mean I, i'll tell you what it was it was a rough night on saturday night uh, but it, you knew what you were gonna feel bad going in which is you know we we i, I think i could have prepared myself better for it with just madville and some excedrin and, and a little bit of gatorade maybe but um it's definitely the right thing to do I, i'm 100 percent behind this i'm i'm feeling good about it you know what? I, took, I would take the moaning over his snoring. Okay. Night. <laughs> you, yeah, I would take the moaning over your snoring too. Look out! <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, you know, if y'all know this, but my my brother in law passed away of COVID mm. uh, about ten days ago. Oh and, my gosh! And it was I'm, 
you know, look, I'm, I'm not asking, you know, not looking for sympathy for myself. Um, my sister is, is going through a really rough time. Um, but just for, for those who are listening, might be listening. Um, and if you're on the fence about this deal, <laughs> look, it's for real. You know, this, he, he died a miserable death. And I know we don't want to linger on this, but it, it was a miserable death. And it, and it was it was painful. It was it was traumatic for the people around him. Um, yeah. And very sudden. It, it was about three days and he, wow. and he was gone. So wow. think about it. Just seriously think about it for your loved ones, for the people who love you. Um, you know, if you're on the fence, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm begging you for my brother-in-law in, in his memory, go, go get the shot. Please well, do it. So if you, if you can, now there are some legit reasons why you can't like allergies or whatever, but you know, just, uh, my Senator told me I shouldn't do it is not a reason, right? you know, so let's go do it. And that's, that's something interesting that I think there's only been like three or four drivers. Uh, this kind of surprised me that have, that have said, yeah, I got vaccinated. Everybody go, you know, uh, and, and showing their, um, showing themselves doing that. I, I, I guess I've seen a couple of them today. Austin oh, Cindric today yep. and Jeb Burton today. Both did it. I yeah. saw that. So, so I think we will be seeing more of this. So I, I think one of the issues is, is they're finding they're going to find it difficult to pick a day that they can just throw away to, to, to feel crappy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've got some races back to back to back. Um, but we do have Mother's Day weekend coming up, which is kind of a an off weekend for them. So um, I'm hoping that we do see uh, more drivers, uh, you know, showing those vaccine cards. Um, I, I think we will. I, I really do. I think the industry as a whole would like to have full grandstands. This is the way to make it happen. Absolutely. And and the two reasons, I, you know, there's kind of, I would say, two reasons why, I, I don't know, me and Shona probably brought it up the last, like, five weeks counting down to – you know, fully charged or whatever. But, uh, you know, one of them is like, hey, if I see somebody at the racetrack and they want to give me a hug, I'm in. That sounds good to me. <laughs> Why not? But, uh, you know, so there's the me reason. But then the other reason is just like normalizing this thing, right? When I'm talking to folks right. at work, there's never anybody who's saying like, I don't know about this. Like, if you normalize it to the point that like, uh, it, there's just no question anymore, right? Like, uh, oh, well, right. that's just what you do. That's it. You go out and do that. And and I think that's, uh, and I and I believe in that. That's what you do. You go out and do that. So, uh, right. What What do we do as a society when the polio vaccine was, you know, and that was developed in a big hurry. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were kids lined up in school to get their sugar cube to take this thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, there was there wasn't a lot of debate. There wasn't a, a political de- debate about it. Uh, there shouldn't be a political debate about this either. I, I, I'm, you know. It, Sherwin and I talk politics on our personal phone calls all the time. We don't need to get into it, but there has been a lot of weaponized stupidity in, in on both sides, both sides of the aisle for the last 20 years. We need to get over that and we need to just do what's right. The vac- this vaccine is what's right. We want it. We all want to get back to going outside without a mask, sitting in restaurants, going to bars, going to movie theaters, going to bowling alleys, going to the races, going mm-hmm. to concerts, we're all complaining that we can't do it, but we don't want to do the thing that's going to make it possible to get out there and do it. Well, you know, I, seriously, I want to go to the racetrack and talk to tens of thousands of people, not tens of people. Right. 
right. You know, go go get your vaccine. Let's go to the racetrack and have a good time, and let's put this craziness of the last eighteen months behind us. <laughs> I, I really do just want to, and I and I don't want to lose any more of the people that matter to me. You know, I just I don't. Absolutely. And, and you know that's that's the really crappy thing about this is, you know, there are a lot of really good people that are no longer with us because. You know, they, they weren't able to get a vaccine or, you know, what whatever. It's just, it's horrible. So let's quit quit jerking around and, and let's make it happen and let's go racing. Yes, sir. You know, it's funny. I think it was last week that, that uh, I don't know, it made big news or whatever that Pfizer was like, oh, man, uh, it looks like within a year you're going to have to get another booster. And, like, it was all over the news and everything. I was like, okay. Uh, sure. Right. All right. <laughs> what? what? Okay. What? Yeah. Okay. I'll do that then. Right. We get a flu shot every year. What's the downside to it? <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm fine. Well, I mean, right. think about when you went to college and you and hepatitis B was a two rounder, right? right. And they're like, "Hey, you got to come back in two weeks and get that second one." Okay, okay. all right, all right, yeah, <laughs> whatever. Fine. Yeah, sure, right. <laughs> sure. Well, gentlemen, well, how come scientists don't have every problem in the world solved right now immediately? Because yeah, that's not how it works, people. Again, enough with the weaponized <laughs> stupidity. Let's just let's just stop it. Right, we've got this one solved, so deal with it. You know, make it happen. Right. So on to the next one, right? Cone, what's been going on in ARCA lately, man? I'll tell you what, man. We had a, a terrific race down at Talladega. Um, you know, I was looking at some stats the other day. The most lead changes we have had in a race since July of 2018. We had a great field of cars. Uh, every race we have had this year has been up on entries uh, over 2020. Um, we're going to continue that trend at Kansas this week. Um, we had a, a great race for the win, and I'll tell you what, man, I was pulling for old Dave Mater, an original member of the Alabama gang, came up 86 thousandths of a second short there at the end. Uh, it's been 29 years, 10 months, and two days since his only ARCA win. And uh, how wow. awesome would that have been to uh, to pick up a second career win almost three decades later? That is but nuts. Me, that's just nuts, isn't it? Wasn't he like 76, too? He's <laughs> 65. Pretty, okay, no, sorry. Pretty, sorry, pretty Mr. Mater. Right. Don't make him come and get you. He's feisty. Don't make him come and get you. It's Alabama gang, man. That's oh, right, yeah. man. But, yeah. uh, you know, what What a great race. And, and uh, Corey Heim is just having uh, an incredible run here. He's won three of the last four, and he's really kind of putting his stamp on the championship battle. And, you know, he and Ty Gibbs are, are going to be the ones to beat there for this deal. But – um, Ty had a bit of a, a bad luck race there uh, right at the end. You know, but I, I think one of the things that I really liked about that Talladega race is we saw some underdog teams really show uh, that they can get up there and compete. Dave Mater is is driving a, a car that is is not, well, you know, as funded as, as some of the others. It's a, it's a small team. And, you know, Dave himself is, a like you said, 65 years old. He's no spring chicken. He's the first one to admit it. Um, you know, you had guys like Greg Van Alst who ran up front all day. Eric Caudell ran up front all day. Um, you know, I, I really enjoyed the heck out of that. Now, um, I know people are going to ask, you know, about the accident with Derek Lancaster. And, and I, you know, and I'm going to transition into uh, ARCA PR guy for a second. But, um, you know, unfortunately, really, all, all we can do is is relay what, his family is saying and, and, and his wife, Beth has been uh, giving updates on her Facebook page. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, I think yeah. I, I saw the latest something like um, uh, that he was. Uh, they're kind of weaning him off of the the drugs and starting to take him off ventilator and stuff. So, you know, we're uh, definitely rooting for him and whatnot, and and fingers crossed. That I will tell you, he is just such a, a great story. Derek is a great guy. Uh, was fastest in testing down at Daytona in in January. Uh, that was the first time he had been in a race car since he he broke his neck in a crash on a short track last year. Oh my gosh! And uh, dude's been yeah, and it was a it was a, a basal or skull fracture. It was oh that's a gosh. that's that's a big one. That's and the bad he, one. He yeah, recovered from, recovered from that. You know, came down and, and was running up at the front of the field in the race and got swept into a crash. And same deal at Talladega. He was he was running in the top five. I think he was passing for third when he got uh, got involved in that incident. And, um, j- just a tough deal. Um, you know, I, again, I, I, I could, all I can do is pass along the information that his wife has been sharing and, and, uh, and, and just offer my, my best wishes for, uh, for speedy recovery. But, uh, Derek is a fantastic guy. The entire industry is pulling for him. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's, that's just, uh, the unfortunate side of, of, of racing at Talladega is, is sometimes things can go awry that, that you don't even really have a hand in, but, um, yeah, Derek is a, is a good dude, and, and and we're all pulling for him. And, and and my heart goes out to his wife Beth because, you know, it's 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 tough to, as my family can can attest, it's it's tough to sit there when, um, when someone you love is is going through something like that. But yeah, uh, yeah she's a she's a strong lady, and Derek's a good dude, and, and and everybody's pulling for him. Absolutely. Well, gentlemen, let's go ahead and start talking about the races. It's a teardown. So. First period is Talladega. Um, I guess, uh, you know, we're sitting here talking about all the downer stuff. Let's talk about the Logano deal for a minute, and we'll, <laughs> we'll transition into the into the fun stuff. But, you know, this is, uh, I don't know, for me it feels like something we talk about. Every two years there's some uh, pretty scary thing. Uh, maybe it was, uh, you know, more like a year and a half ago in our uh, latest Super Speedway Mayhem stuff. Um, and, and it has to do with folks getting airborne, uh, and, and I don't know what it's going to take or what next steps or whatever else. I know, you know, NASCAR said they're doing an investigation or whatnot, but, uh, I mean, is this the end of high speeds at Talladega? Is it the end of summer? Is it just, uh, you know, here we are again. Um, and what are we going to do? I don't, I don't know. I don't know how to solve this thing. And, and, uh, I feel like some folks are getting a little more vocal about it now. Maybe I don't, I don't know though. What do y'all think? So I'll tell you what, I'm, I am not a physicist. Um, I, I, I unfortunately cannot see the air. Um, I, I think that's what it's going to take is it's going to take someone who is way smarter than me who can, you know, mess with the fluid dynamics of, of an invisible substance and, and figure out a way to direct that air in a, in a manner that's going to press those cars to the racetrack rather than lift them up. Um, you know, we've seen cars get airborne since the, what I'm, I'm thinking the first blowovers probably happened in the 1960s, you know, just from, Mm -hmm. from, you know, anytime, I mean, planes that which way, you know, hundreds of thousands of pounds lift off at 160 miles an hour, you know, that's, that's the critical speed right there. And we're, we're well above that. So, um, I don't know what could be done. I know that you could probably come up with some more flaps, some spoilers, some, you know, there's got to be a way to do it. Um, I I personally, and and again, this is just me speaking for me here. 
I would be more focused on strengthening, you know, the, the cockpit area of the race. I, I honestly don't believe that you can keep race cars on the ground in every circumstance. I just don't, you know, you see uh, sprint cars flip at short tracks at 80 miles an hour. I've seen late models flip on quarter mile short tracks at 60 miles an hour. You know, it, it just happens. Um, you know, and then when you're talking about going 200 miles an hour and then you bring aerodynamics into fact, into the factor, um, it, it's, it's just, there's so many unknowns and so many variables. I think you just, you, you got to concentrate on strengthening the cockpit area of the race car. You got to focus on, uh, intrusion protection. Um, mm-hmm. you know, it, we, we saw why you need to do that last year with Ryan Newman. Uh, I, I guarantee you. Uh, there are people who are working on that. I mean, there's, there's full-time people whose job is to come up with, you know, ways to prevent those types of things from happening. So um, it, I think that it's, it's scary when you see a race car upside down because you don't know where it's going to go and who's going to hit what. And, you know, but, you know, thankfully the, the incident that we had with Joey uh, as, as flips go it's pretty minor, thankfully. Mm-hmm. Sherwin? Yeah, well, I agree 100% that there's definitely somebody working on figuring this out, and I think the structural integrity of the cabin is probably first, and the finding some solution to the arrow piece of the puzzle next. I mean, you think about what you just said, Cohen, about you know a commercial airliner needs to hit about 160 to take off. Uh, I think the plane's rusty flies probably only have to hit about 85 or 90. Way, uh, way less. Uh, I go airborne I mean, at 55. <laughs> yeah, and you think about uh, you know a race car. Um, a race car looks a lot like an airplane wing, and the faster you go, the less efficient that wing has to be to actually draw lift. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. And, I, and what I heard, I read something over the weekend that this new car, the panel underneath is actually, it's actually flatter. It's going to be more efficient for making that car look like a wing if you get air in the right spot so they're they're going to have to find a way to vent air through the bottom or up into the cabin in order to keep that thing to let it settle back down yeah so the one thing that i think i've always wondered why we don't or haven't looked into something like this is maybe a hinged spoiler that when that spoiler gets turned into the wind it folds back and helps direct that air rather than catching that air. But, you know, maybe there's a reason why that's not a possibility. I I don't know. Um, You know, I mean, you see DR, you know, the the DRS zones in F1 and the movable flaps on those cars. And, you know, there has to be a way to, to create some sort of similar thing on a stock car that, you know, when you get turned backwards, the air pressure just does it automatically. Right, right. I don't know. I don't know. There's, you know, like I said, there's a lot of really intelligent people whose whose full time job is, you know, safety and and innovation in this deal. But, you know, as my roommate likes to uh, say to me sometimes, brainstorming never hurts. Right? It doesn't. I'm just brainstorming here. Right. Well, I would. I think what I would like to see, at least from an engineering perspective, is we've got those cowl flaps that open on the hood that are supposed to release 
you know, release pressure from underneath the car, if it turns all the way backwards, what we saw with Joey is it actually started to gain lift as it turned about, I don't know, 100 degrees off, you know, going straight. And, and it was in the corner hitting the apron, so air could come right up underneath it. Yeah. Now, if you had a cow flap underneath where the passenger seat would be, and all that air could just swoop up and go out the window, maybe you don't have that. I don't know. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. And I think what one of the tough situations there is that most of the time when, when these cars get upside down these days, it's because someone has made contact with them and has, up, has upset the air, you know, around the car. And, and I think that's what happened there. When Joey was sideways, he got a little tap from somebody and it kind of pushed him up and over. But I think you're exactly right. If there was a way to vent some of that air from inside or, or redirect that air somewhere else, you know, again, um, it, it certainly wouldn't hurt to, to at least discuss it and, and talk about it. Well, you you said it too. I mean, uh, how much – when we talk about people going to the wind tunnel, uh, well, the car's facing forward in that. <laughs> so, right. uh, you know, spend a little bit of time with that thing turned around sideways or backwards or, or at a 160-degree angle or something and, and uh, mess with some stuff, you know. Um, well, I think the original – testing that they did with the roof flaps way back in the day jack roush you know came somewhere and and fired a jet engine (laughs) over you know that's how he did it he was just out in a parking lot somewhere (laughs) and strapped his car down onto something and fired up a jet and you know that's a lot of air movement that way yeah yeah let's talk about the race then uh well i'll say the end of the race uh brad kozlowski um and and beyond that, Byron Mc, uh, McDowell, how about that? Harvick, Burrito, and then we get to Kaz Grala in six for the first Holla. non-Ford. <laughs> well, Byron's in a Chevy. Oh, my yeah, bad. Holla for Grala. Holla for Grala. I'll tell you, what a, what a very interesting last couple of laps that was, wasn't it? And, you know, how can you, how can you not feel bummed out for Matt Benedetto? I mean, just what a... What oh, a great right. run he had. He worked his way up to the front there late in the race and looked like he was going to have a shot to win, and then the caution comes out. And, you know, I think what happened is he, he got too good of a restart, and and he got a little bit too far out there. And, and you know, when, when that happens, you're just a sitting duck. Um, nobody is better than Brad Keselowski in, in knowing how the air is going to work and, and how to manage that energy. Uh, in the draft and he showed it i mean i what's that a sixth win at talladega i think yeah yeah and and uh, sherwin says it all the time that like just being in the right spot right or being being up there you got to be up there to win it and he he finds a way i like the way you put it cone with um with knowing how the air works and being that technical driver sherwin Yep. and i'll tell you i mean i've known brad a long time and and he was always a very studious you know, whether he was working as for his family's truck team or he was trying to, to make his way into the, the sport as a driver, he was always very studious, very attentive to every detail of whatever it was that he was working on. He wanted to know, not only did he not, did he want to know what to do, he wanted to know why he needed to do it. Mm-hmm. And, and he's carried that along with him his entire career. And, you know, it, it, is no surprise to me that there are no one better at managing the air than Brad is. And I'll tell you another thing that I was really happy. It's we talked about it in the Arca race, same thing. 
on Sunday. There were some underdogs up at the front of the field. How about Michael McDowell? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he. I'm, I don't want to say he backed into the Daytona 500 because you have to be in position to take advantage of other people's. Um, do we call it misfortune, stupidity? You know, what, what do we call what, what happened in the, the race lap? super speedway shenanigans? Right, right, right. But he, he still had to be in position to take advantage of it, and, and he won the race, and that's fantastic. But he he just about took this one on his own on Sunday. I mean, I, I really thought he was going to have. Uh, the run to, to get up there and pass Brad. And, and as big of a Brad Keselowski fan as I was, I found myself cheering for Michael McDowell on that last lap. Mm-hmm. Like, come on, man, make that happen. Um, I love these underdog stories. And, and McDowell this year has really run just incredibly well in the 34 car. Is that his fourth top 10 so far? I mean, there, there are years where that entire organization hasn't had four top 10s. And, and that car has had four of them, including a win already this year. So that's just fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, Benedetto having a, a great run. And, and how about Kaz Grala? I mean, <laughs> what can you yeah, say? Yeah, that's great. He that's just, great for him. He just he doesn't get a lot of opportunities, but whenever he does, he certainly takes advantage of him, doesn't he? Absolutely. Yeah. Sure, when you are going to say something? <laughs> um. No, I lost it. <laughs> Sorry. Because Cone talks too much. Cone is, is dominating. So I'll let you talk for a while, Sherwin. No, I don't. I mean, I, I'm just looking at the show sheet, seeing what's next, man. I, you know, I'm well, I'm the color guy, so if, if, it, if it goes out the ear, it's gone. <laughs> it's out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you did correct me, though. Byron uh, Chevy uh, there in second. I don't know how I overlooked that one, but um, – yeah, and and Brad continuing to do that. How about uh, how about Jeb Burton in the Xfinity Series getting that first win? I mean, rain out, say what you want, but uh, it's another one. Got to be at the right place at the right time. The right time was when the rain came, and the right place was first. I'll tell you what, I, as a driver, I don't care how I get it. <laughs> <laughs> well, think Wins about it. Win. Yeah, think about it from this perspective. Um, and I was thinking in my head, like, how do we name this episode? And I was like the Burton kingdom or the kingdom of the Burtons or something. I mean, all four of them have won in a national touring series. And that's the first time that a family's ever done that. That's pretty impressive. So, I mean, the Burtons, they got it going on. I mean, Jeb's story is probably one of the most heartfelt and, and how many times he's bounced in and out trying to get a ride here or there, piece something together, ride, you know, he got a full truck ride. Didn't really work out so good. And he's been piecing it together. And all of a sudden he gets in, juniors or not junior but colleagues car and he's got full sponsorship and he's showing what he can do with it mm-hmm. you just need that right situation the right set of chemistry and yeah he's he's gonna have himself a pretty good year this year i think yeah well that's it for the uh uh that stuff i i did want to <laughs> i did want to bring up that <laughs> uh hilariously uh, I got to I got to pat the old Rusty on the back here uh, because I think it was whatever it was three weeks ago, and we were talking with uh, Jeremy Korst on the show, and and of course marketing expert uh, in the house, and we we were joking that we got like a million dollars worth of uh, worth of consulting on that, but I did bring up at one point what are some marketing faux pas things you shouldn't do, and and I had mentioned well if you put on a uh, internet poll. Uh, that's how you're going to get things like Bodie McBoatface. Well, right. fast forward three weeks, and they're coming up with the name 
for the uh, Kansas race. So what they do, they put out an internet poll, and the winner, not Bodie McBoatface, but it's the Bushy McBush race. I love it. <laughs> I cannot I wait to hear the it. announcers have to read that. <laughs> oh, I cannot wait. Mike Joy will do it with immense professionalism. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. Oh, man. No one no one I would want other than Mike Joy to have to say Bo, uh, Bushy McBush race. <laughs> I can't wait to hear Clint not be able to stop laughing. Right. right. Well, all, all Mike Joy has to do then is just show the clip of uh, Clint Boyer riding that motorcycle a few years ago. <laughs> that or the like fifty, or I'm I'm not sure, but I was thinking in my mind about when all that simulation stuff was going, and they decided to start putting it on TV, and Clint sitting there and is commentating in his in his rig, and there's empty tall boys of bush just <laughs> scattered everywhere. So a couple of years ago, they. They invited Clint to come to Supercross. And they oh, when he crashed into the wall. <laughs> drove it heavily into the yes. wall. I right, mean, so just I'm... full bore into the, right. into the, mm-hmm. into the banks. <laughs> it's one of my absolute, absolute favorite videos of all time. The tough blocks. <laughs> that was funny. I was like, oh, hell, did he get hurt? <laughs> that looked bad. <laughs> yeah. Yard sale. Uh, so, so the four finalists for the for the uh, name was the Bush Latte 400, the Nectar of the Cobbs 400, the four, uh, for the Farmers 400, and then, of course, the Bushy McBush Race 400. And and I felt like that was a multiple choice question that had a right answer to it. So there was definitely a right answer, and it <laughs> is the winner. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. Then maybe you know I made fun of the internet polling, and and now we we get some fun out of it. So maybe this is the right way to go. Well, you know, I think I mean there are right and wrong things to do on the internet, and I've <laughs> you know I, I will tell you um, I have done lots of wrong things, particularly with this little Twitter account of mine. Um, but I've done a lot of right things too, and and I think the more you can uh, engage people and and give them a voice, the the more that they're going to want to participate, and the more that they're going to have fun with it. And if you get Bushy McBush race as a result, you just you have fun with it. That's what it's, <laughs> yeah. that's what you're there to do. Yeah. You know? Well, I should mention that I believe it was uh, in order to vote uh, in the system that they had, you had to like donate a dollar to some. Uh, so I think it was a farmer charity or something like that. So uh, you know what that that I guess that is a good way to do it. Put some money behind it, and hey, if right. you want to meme the crap out of it with money backing you, then uh, right. why not? Why not have at it? <laughs> so anyway, I was I was pretty excited about that. How about this? A lot of new press in the last week. Uh, we've been we've been talking about it for weeks now, but it feels like the, there's every time I look for stories and stuff to talk about. Uh, every week, there's more and more you know, two hours ago or eight hours ago or three days ago or whatever stories that come up about this whole Chicago street race. Uh, Cone, do you think there's more legs now than ever to that? I absolutely love it. I, I've I actually looked at the, the E the esports course layout and, and I've been there, you know, I've been on those streets. My, my roommate is a Chicago area native. So we've spent a lot of time down in the city and that's a, uh, it's a wonderful part of town. It's it's a great layout. I think if they were to to line that with some jersey barriers and fire these cars up and and go race tomorrow, I think it'd be a fun race. I think it'd be a good race. Um, I would probably pay money to go and watch it. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. um, I, I think it's a 
look, I don't think we need to do it seven times a year. I don't <laughs> think we need to do it two times a year. But doing it one time a year, I'm all for it. I really am. Um, I, I would like to find a way to do more short track racing. But I absolutely think that if you are going to be the top level stock car series in the world, that you need to have the most diverse schedule you can possibly have. And, and you race on super speedways, you race on intermediate tracks, you race on short tracks, natural terrain road courses, a dirt track, a street course is right there. Let's do it. Let's go. Let's find a way to make it happen and let's go do it. Yeah. Well, obviously NASCAR st- wanted to stay in the Chicago market by, you know, going to road America. So maybe this is something that flip flops around a little bit, you know, hate it for the joliet chicago land folks that aren't going to get their race maybe maybe not ever again who knows uh depends on how everything shakes out but i'm i was certainly not going to uh poo-poo this idea at all i i like the idea of what you just said cone is let's not let's make this thing about as diverse as we possibly can and then still keep all of the capital partners satisfied with what the income they can achieve through the properties that they own because that's a big piece of the puzzle too but um you know if if nascar is going to own this you know the sanctioning part of it like isc is going to own the sanctioning part of it yeah maybe you flip flop between road america and uh, street course at chicago every other year i i wouldn't have an issue with that at all um i i actually would i, I would prefer to find a way to do both <laughs> personally but um yeah, I, I I really do. I think uh, uh, the Chicago area is a it's a great town. Um, I've been very fortunate to spend a lot of time there the last few years. I've really come to uh, appreciate uh, being in the city in particular. And like I said, that part of the city is just uh, it's beautiful. Um, and I, I think it would be a great fit. And and I, I like I said, I'm I'm excited about the prospect. I would I would find a way to to go and. Uh, in spectate, I would I would buy a ticket to go see that one if I could. Yeah, and so that was one of the questions I had too: is how do you spectate that kind of race? And I mean, I guess yeah, over in Europe they've got it figured out somehow. But uh, you know, what does that look like? So I think in, in that particular part of town, it's it's park. Um, I think you would uh, it would be very easy to put up some temporary grandstands. I think you would have a pretty good line of sight over much of the racetrack, depending on how those temporary grandstands were set up uh it's very reminiscent to me of the old um cleveland burke lakefront airport grand prix that they had for the indycar series back in the day um yeah i think it would i think you it would be a lot easier to see a lot of that race course than than a lot of people think it would be and how much of it could you watch from like a hotel building or a business building what would that be you know, yeah, you know, kind of like the old across the street from Wrigley kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I think that would also be a possibility. How fun would that be, you know? Rent yeah. you out. I mean, I mean, neat. Rent you out a hotel room with a balcony and, I mean, just <laughs> try not to fall off. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> I think they'd have to strap people like you and Rusty down, Sherwin. Yeah. They might. They might. We might, might need to be in a straight jacket with like uh, the beer helmet thing. <laughs> yeah. And just and just have an attendant say, <laughs> like, hey, uh, one of these is empty. I can totally tell. <laughs> <laughs> we get that lap traffic guy involved. Uh, that could really be disastrous for you. Oh, man. Vodka on one side, <laughs> Red Bull on the other, or whatever. 
<laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> That would be funny. By the way, Brandon told me to tell you, you said, hey, Cone. <laughs> All right. There you go. Hey, Brandon. Oh, sweet. Um, hey, how's how's Lindsay doing? She's doing oh, good. Wait, 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 wait. Never mind. Ashley's right here. Never mind. I didn't say that. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, you know, it, it's about the inflection. Oh, how's Lindsay doing? Versus how's Lindsay doing? <laughs> no, it's yeah. like this. Like, how's Lindsay doing? <laughs> Well, I think old Gare's out of the picture, so he oh, might be yeah, in like yeah. Flynn. Yeah. Sank or some, something. I don't know. He sank the boat. And, <laughs> yeah. Seriously, man. Ashley, if anybody asks you to take a nighttime cruise on his boat uh-huh. and you say yes, uh-huh. we're gonna have we're gonna have a chat. Right. <laughs> right. I'm aware. <laughs> I'm not going on any boat. Uh, ain't no boat. Sink yeah, that, she went on a date. She got asked out on a date right in front of her I husband. No, Lindsay. No, you did. Lindsay did. Oh, Lindsay did. <laughs> wow. Lindsay got asked out on a date right in front of her husband, and she accepted. I'm not going on a boat with anybody unless I'm planning on not bringing them back. Right, so. right. Yeah, that's good to know. So how about um, Netflix is doing this documentary series about the uh, about Bubba Wallace and the 23XI team getting a uh, – or really about their team's efforts through 2021. Um, I, I thought it was cool just for the sake of – it, it's funny how where my mind goes first, and I'm not trying to say woke or whatever else. I'm just more like, oh, sweet, kind of behind-the-scenes NASCAR, what's going on? I love it. And then I, I don't know why, why the, like – I don't know. Overly political people have to start poo-pooing on stuff, but you know, then then it's uh, you know they're oh well, it's blah blah blah. They're just trying to make money, yada yada. And I'm like, oh, well, I didn't really. I'm not again trying to be woke about it, but I wasn't like I wasn't thinking of it in that way. I'm thinking of it like, hey, cool NASCAR behind the scenes. I want to see this and Bubba Wallace. I love that driver. This should be cool. So what? Someone's trying to make money in racing. What? <laughs> How right. dare they? Right? Wow. There's there's two pieces <laughs> about the thing. Oh yeah. my gosh. Well, there's two groups of people that are in that you know pitchfork crowd. <laughs> there's the there's the people that don't understand the difference between the fact that hardcore fans that do have Netflix are probably going to watch this no matter who the subject matter is. That's not what NASCAR is trying to do. Right. They're trying to bring in the crowd. They want Chad Johnson using the F word talking about NASCAR during Talladega because he's like, what the hell's with all these commercials? Right. And we're like, yeah, dude. Yeah. I mean, thanks for showing up and playing, but yeah. You know who they want is they want the car owner of the 2311 racing team to bring in right. all of his fans. Right. <laughs> That's what it, it just, it, it's marketing genius. You think it about is. it. Absolutely. If you're trying, it's a, it's a new team. It's a, it's a dynamic personality who has a, a reach outside of the sport, um, who, who has a car owner who has a massive reach worldwide. Why wouldn't you do a show on that combination? Especially since Netflix is a global platform. Right. Yeah. I mean, it just makes all this like if they really if this is going to be a docu series that becomes a multi year series, the best one to start with is Bubba and Michael Jordan. Right, you know, I, you know, I was a fan of this deal back in the seventies, the eighties, and the nineties, and I remember TNN, you know, <laughs> the Nashville Network, the Southern yeah. Channel that, you know, all of the all of the country people watched and, and racing was very closely identified with the country lifestyle. And, 
you know, it was like it was the best kept secret in the world. Like when you were watching TNN uh, and and you were watching a race from Phoenix or Dover or wherever they were broadcasting that race from, you know, it was you knew it was a big deal, but you also kind of felt like a very select club knew about what you were talking about. Well, it's we're 30 years removed from that. You know, we, we want the entire world to know what we're talking about here. And Netflix is going to be the way to do that. You know, this is, you know, we're, we're in a, a vastly different media landscape than we were 30 years ago. And, um, y- you know, yeah, you, you want a global reach. And, and there are a lot of people who, who really don't want to share their love and affinity for the way NASCAR used to be. They, they, they don't want that to change. And, you know, things always change. I mean, I mean, MLB is what it used to be 30 years ago. PGA isn't what it used to be 30 years ago. The PBA isn't what it used to be 30 years ago. I mean, Chris Schenkel is, is long gone. You know, I, I watched the, the end of, of a PBA show the other day and I was like, wow, this isn't what it used to be. Um, things change man and and you have to adapt or you die and 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 nascar is is trying very very hard to not only adapt but they want to be the ones who are driving that ad- adaptation and and i give them a, a lot of credit for going out there and and making a show like that happen there's everybody would love to have a, a docu-series on netflix every every sport every team in every sport would love to have that and and if nascar has made it happen Good for them. That's what they should be doing. Well, think about it from this a very simple arithmetic perspective. You know, there's been lots of whining over the years about why ratings have faded. It's like, okay, well, you well you drove all the people that really cared about this sport out. I'm like, well, no, they chose to leave on their own for whatever reasons that they did. But if you if you want this sport to be around forever, which we obviously do, you have to backfill with a fresh new group of people who are excited to be there. And when you want to show, I mean, when you go to a football game, you know, there's every kind of person. Why mm-hmm. wouldn't you want to go to a racetrack and there be every kind of person? Mm-hmm. Right. And and that's how you fill those stands back up is you backfill with the people that haven't seen this thing before. Rusty and I didn't know what it was really except for TV until we went and we're like, this is something wildly different than I thought <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, for sure. Well, right. you know, I, 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 we've already said it a few times, but like. How much uh, – I, I don't feel like there's five minutes of video in existence about Michael Jordan talking about his race team and talking about, uh, you know, what he's doing. Uh, to get this perspective from from that kind of owner, um, hopefully they get to do that. I, I, I would hope that there's plenty of Michael Jordan in this. I'm going to be so glued to the TV on this one. I don't know what to say. I'm looking forward to it. I think Jordan is – I mean, anybody who watched The, the Last Dance – knows mm-hmm. he is an opinionated dude. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know? Oh yeah. And and he likes he 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 is not someone who is gonna just sit there and 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 say, you know what, I'm gonna let you do it the way you think is the right way. He's gonna say, I want this done the way I want it done. He's the driver of this deal. And and I want to see him doing that with this with this team. I want to see what his thoughts are. I want to see what his expertise is. And I want to see you know the the same level of passion for you know Bubba Wallace's chances of of winning 
in NASCAR as he had for winning an NBA championship. I think that'd be fantastic. There's no one was more competitive over that period of the of the 1990s than Michael Jordan was. If we bring that to NASCAR, that's a fantastic thing, man. You know, yeah, I watched, yeah. I think it was on YouTube or something. It was like a Cribs with Scottie Pippen. I'm going way off topic on this one. Well, I shouldn't say off topic, but, you know, everybody knows <laughs> the, the connection here. But uh, his, uh, uh, his, I guess, house and what he has built kind of around basketball at his house, I, I thought that was one of the coolest <laughs> things I've ever seen. I, there was there was no moment of like jealousy. Some of those you're just like, you pompous ass! Look at your <laughs> stupid house! Blah blah blah! You got this. Uh, Scotty Pippen walked through his house. I'm like, that is so cool. That is neat. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, Scotty, you're the man. And uh, yeah, I think he's got a son that's playing basketball and seemed to be pretty good. I reckon. Yeah. Yeah. Shocker. And, yeah. It's. <laughs> I mean, I'm sitting down here in my my private little movie theater with my big screen TV, and yeah, I love hearing about other people's houses. <laughs> 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 but yeah, I, I hear what you say, man. Um, that that entire Bulls team back then, man, there was some great personalities on that team. Pippen was, uh, you know, when I when I watched that documentary that you know, the Last Dance, you know, I, I forgot just how. Um, I don't know if divisive is the right word, but, you know, Pippen certainly kind of felt like, you know, he was, wasn't getting the respect that he deserved in that whole deal. And, you know, he did what he had to do to, to get that respect. So good for him, you know? Well, now I feel awful actually. So it looks like nine days ago, uh, Scotty Pippen's son passed away at 33. I can't believe that. My God. Wow. uh, Wow. Well, it's, well, you certainly didn't know that, man. So. I, I didn't know that. Jeez, I was all excited. And yeah, don't be too don't be too rough golly. on yourself. There. Well, I, I went and, and I, I googled because I was like, oh, what's his son doing that? Like, uh, and and yeah, jeez, golly. Well, uh, now it's just bad times. That sucks. Yeah, yeah. Golly, <laughs> I, I can't get out of the gutter on this one. Let's go to this. How about uh, manufacturers? Unveiling, unveiling the new cars on Cinco de Mayo coming up. Uh, did y'all see the leaked pictures uh, or picture, I guess, that came out? Man, I remember when I used to be the guy that had all the leaked pictures. <laughs> yeah. What's up, Cone? Get after it. I saw that. I saw the leaked pictures the other day, and I'm like, ooh, someone's going to be in big trouble for that one. <laughs> but uh, I, I like what I saw. These cars are looking pretty racy, man. It's uh, I, I can't wait for the official, official unveiling, but. Uh, I, I did like what I saw. They were pretty cool looking. Man, agreed. I yeah the that picture. I think it was grainy, and people had to like uh, uh, enhance it or something or whatever. And um, that was <laughs> I, I saw it, and I and I I think the first word out of my mouth, I was like, "Damn!" Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was like, "Hey, that guy." I don't know. I I feel like I've been going to this whole thing. I I shouldn't say skeptical or whatever, but really highly anticipating what it's going to be. Um, in terms of the technical details, uh, I'll tell you what. At least from what I what we saw with the leaked pictures and stuff, they they got they got the aesthetics correct. I would say, it, it I would say sexy. so. Yeah, I'm going to be very interested. I, I I'm so hoping that these cars are, are start symmetrical and stay symmetrical. Oh, that's a good um, point. Yeah, the one thing that just drives me crazy, and and I would. 
I would just have a rule. If I was the guy who, who wrote the rule book, I would have a rule in there at the very end that said, we will not allow anything that looks stupid. And, and the dog tracking cars and the crab walking cars to me just look stupid. <laughs> it's like if you're going in a straight line and the front end of the car and the back end of the car aren't lined up, that looks silly to me. So yeah. I, I hope we eliminate that um, based on what I've seen and heard. That's that's going to be a thing of the past. So um, I, I just I thought that the particularly the I think it was Chevrolet is the one that they had the, the biggest view of and. I thought it was very uh, aggressive looking. It yes. looked like a race car. Uh, and that's, to me, that's really important. Race cars should look like race cars to me, you know? Mm-hmm. Y- yes. Nice. <laughs> uh, yep. Nice. Nice. On the trucks. So how about, how about Toyota kind of, uh, you know, we, uh, they didn't race this weekend, but uh, trucks in, uh, in trucks, Toyota's won all six races so far. Is there any competition for that top spot at this point? And what is it that, that Toyota's, I mean, obviously Toyota with TRD pouring all the money into it, and as long as Kyle Busch Motorsports is around, whatever manufacturer they're with is going to have the the nicest stuff. So that might play a part in it. But dang, how about Toyota this year? Yeah, and I think the, the move of Thor Sport back to Toyota, mm-hmm. um, as obviously they won the first two races with Ben Rhodes, and I think they uh, – they're going to have a couple of more wins throughout the course of the year. I mean, they've got a pretty solid lineup there with Enfinger and Eckes and and Johnny Sauter and Matt Crafton. Uh, that's that's a pretty solid lineup. Uh, it's I don't think we've ever had a manufacturer sweep the season <laughs> in the trucks, but I think Toyota uh, they've got, they've got the lineup who might be able to make it happen. I think there are some Chevrolet teams that could. Uh, obviously make a run at GMS is too good to, to go an entire year without picking up a win. Uh, that's a great organization. They've got some pretty solid drivers behind the wheel there. Uh, Sheldon Creed, uh, you know, defending champion had a little bit of a bad luck start to the season, but he's, he's too good to, to be locked out of the victory lane for the rest of the year. So um, I, I think as we get to the, uh, the heat of the summer stretch here, I think we'll see, start to see Sheldon get back to uh, his winning ways. And uh, I think we'll see some, uh, like we have in the past, I think we'll see some surprise winners there in the truck series as well. Mm. No doubt. You heard it here first. (laughs) There you go. There you go. Um, Well, gentlemen, let's do it. Let's gas it up. Look out. There it is. Kansas, you know, uh, Cohen, you'd said it earlier about uh, – actually, I think Sherwin started it, but um, uh, talking about the diversity of the tracks, it feels like this year more than any, when we're about to go to a mile and a half, I'm like, all right, let's do that. That sounds cool. We've been doing this other thing for a little while. Let's go back to that. I really think NASCAR's hit on something with this schedule uh, where every race I feel like I'm looking forward to that style of racing this week. Uh, knowing that we just came off of a different style and we're about to go to another style. So I, I like it. Yeah. And I, you know, I, what do we have? Seven road course races, seven or six short track races. You know, it, it is a pretty good mix this year. And I think we've got enough first time events this year that it, it's a, a really cool mix of, of venues and events. And, you know, I've always liked Kansas. That was a racetrack. I, I was out there in 2001 i wasn't there for the opening weekend but i was there for the first truck race and uh and i've always appreciated going back there it's a cool place 
the facility is just beautiful. Uh, the area out there has, has been built up uh, into something that um, I didn't envision <laughs> when I first went out there. Um, there's a lot of shopping. There's a couple of sports stadiums uh, that have been built out there as well. And the racetrack itself is still really cool. I, I know they reconfigured it a couple of years ago and added some banking. And it is a cool joint. And, um, you know, a lot of people are going to argue about the 550 horsepower package and, the, and the, you know, the, the high downforce and whatever. It, it's it makes the it makes for a visually appealing event to me at a place like Kansas. So, you know, whether that's uh, the pure the purists view or the the showman's view or whatever you want to, I, I don't know. It, it's just it make to me it makes for a, a, a race that's visually fun to watch. And uh, yeah, it should be a good weekend. I think. What do we have? Arca trucks and cup on the docket for this weekend. I think so. Yeah, yeah. it should be good. Beautiful, Sherwin. You looking forward to it? Yeah, I am. Uh, the surface at Kansas has really come in, and the more success that Kansas has, the more likely it is that Atlanta might turn into something wildly similar with hotels, theme parks, casinos, sports books, you name it. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, that, yes, I should say. What I wanted to bring up was that um, before the race, or, or just leading up to it, they're going to do a flyover with, it sounds like, two uh, A-10 Warhogs, which will be pretty sweet. <laughs> Tank killers. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and, and I'm looking at an article here, and it's the first time I've seen somebody have to, like, use the name of the race in a serious article. And it's like, you know, it, it says the it says a city first, right? Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, two A-10 aircraft known as the KC Hogs will, be, will give NASCAR fans an added taste of speed before the Bushy McBush 400. <laughs> nice. So, <laughs> I dig that already. I'm, I'm uh, like you said, the the totally professional Mike Joy. Uh, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Bushy McBush 400 or Bushy McBush race. Uh, it's got to say race at the end. Yeah. <laughs> so, he's gonna uh, kill it. I know he's gonna. Yes. Yes. Looking forward to it, gentlemen. Let's do some picks for said Bushy McBush race. Um, let's see. Last week, Sherwin, uh, I. <laughs> Uh, you picked Hamlin, and uh, you know he kind of finished thirty second. Um, and and I didn't think that was a bad pick, and I still don't think that was a bad pick. Uh, I picked Austin Dillon, who turned out to be a bit of a better pick with uh, eighth. So, um, Sherwin, you'll go first after Mister Cone gives us his pick for Kansas. I'm going to go with uh, Greg Alding. <laughs> 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 I am actually going to go with uh, Kyle Bush. Kyle, Kyle Bush. Bush. Interesting. There you go. There you go. Continue the streak. Uh, fill out some of those uh, win columns for folks. Um, yeah. Yeah. I like it. Sherwin? Well, on the long, along those same lines of us getting a new winner, I'm going to go for the guy who won there last fall. And I'll be a homer for this, but I'm picking Chase Elliott. Chase, that's exactly who I was going to pick. Therefore, I have to think of someone off the top of my head. Does Byron have a win this year? I can't remember yet. Yeah, yeah. He's Byron got, won he uh, early win. Um, oh, shoot. Okay, so who uh, who doesn't have a win that I need to pick? Um, 
Let's see. Because, <laughs> I mean, it wouldn't be no fun for me to pick, uh, you know, Byron. I, I've, well, Harvick hasn't won. Ooh. Hamlin hasn't Denny won. Yeah. Yep. Denny Hamlin. I, I, I'm going Harvick then. So I'm, I'm taking Harvick on this one. I, but I don't know. You know, SHR still got to, uh, I don't know. They got to do something. I don't know what the deal is. Uh, Ford's seem to be doing okay <laughs> otherwise. My roommate wants to pick James Hinchcliffe. Okay. <laughs> well, he races uh, Indy Car, so uh, that'll that'll work out good for you. That'll, that'll be tough. But hey, Hinchtown, I'm in. <laughs> oh, She's man. a big fan. I don't blame her. Well, folks. Oh, she just shut us down mayor. right there. <laughs> yeah, right. She loves the mayor. She loves the mayor of Hinchtown. Oh man! Before we get too off the rails, Cone, let's close this thing out. Tell the folks where they can find you. What's coming up? Oh, I don't want him to find me. I'm going off the grid, man. <laughs> could be something. Could be could be something. Could be nothing. You're so stupid. <laughs> They're coming. The storm is coming. That's what we need. We need to be brought back down to earth every once in a while. So. Storm is coming. My wife does the same Conan thing. On, being so Conan stupid. Conan is going silent. Conan on is going radio silent. Conan on. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, with- you can find me at... The Orange Cone on Twitter. The and Orange if you have and if you have anything that you know needs to be dropped, just let me know. Right. If you want to know what to do next, right. Then follow the Orange. If cone. you want to know what to do next, right. Mm-hmm. We're gonna put. Pl- we are planning on storming Phoenix Raceway in November. Ooh. There you go. Storm it, Naruto Run. We're gonna storm Phoenix Raceway in November. You I can't say stuff like that because there are people <laughs> it's off the rails sherwin why don't you close us out tell the folks where you can find us what's coming up you can find us at petm podcast on twitter and on instagram you can find me at andrew l sherwin on instagram and at pregame engineer on twitter there you go ptm podcast.com at ptm podcast i'm tailgate mayor rusty wallace at tailgate mayor I can't wait to talk to y'all next week after Kansas. It's going to be a fun one. We'll see y'all then.